Do you use voice messages? When I'm really lazy, I'll send them. Like if I only have one hand to text. A few of my friends send me voice messages and when they do, it's always a really nice surprise. Like I've actually never sent anyone else a voice message other than an Italian man. I receive them from parents who butt dial me in the car. I wouldn't want people to play their voice messages out loud so I could hear them. My mean sister will send them to me sometimes and then there's never any evidence because they disappear. Hello, welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Ashley Carmen, hello, and Caitlin Tiffany, that's me, examine the choices technology forces us to make. Today, we're talking about voice memos. Messages you send to your friends instead of texting them where you're like, what's up, Caitlin? And it's just me yeah. messaging her with my voice. Yeah, in a lot of messaging apps, but specifically I use iMessage, so we're going to do iMessage where I'm texting Ashley and I press the little microphone and I'm like, hey, Ashley, I love and miss you when you're away and I'm so jealous of your dark blue scarf and I'm holding the button while I'm talking and then it's done, it's recorded, I send it and it appears on her phone. I just got it. Okay, let's see if I can listen to it. It says it's six seconds long. Hey, Ashley, I love and miss you when you're away and I'm so jealous of your dark blue scarf. Wow. And if she likes it, she can hit the little keep. Oh, which she did. I got an alert that she kept it. Oh, I did not know it did that. I set that setting because when we were doing this episode, I wanted to keep any ones I got from people. Oh, yours keeps automatically. Yeah, now it does. So I didn't realize that it actually showed you I should turn that on because I think probably one of the greatest tragedies I can imagine is like getting a voice memo and forgetting to save it and having it disappear forever. It's really hard to save one. Also, though, you'll never revisit it again. Like, I don't know. That's not true. I have revisited this voice memo from our friend Claire like a hundred times because I'm constantly forgetting. How do you visit it again? Okay, because I I did press keep when she sent it. And then I just go to our iMessage thread and go to like, you know, where it says like images Um, or attachments. Yeah. And I go to the attachments and I have have this because she went to college with Frankie, my boyfriend, (laughs) and she knew how to pronounce his last name, but I didn't. So I asked her to pronounce it for me. I was like drunk. This is on Christmas Eve last year. Not to be confused with my last name, Carasolo Caracciola. I forget sometimes. So I listen to the voice memo. I also forget how to spell it. So when I write him postcards, I have to look up his Twitter anyway. Okay. Obviously it was super easy for you to send me that voice memo. Thank you. Yeah. But And this is why, ultimately, my position on voice messages is that I really don't love them is because, yes, I'm so happy it was easy for you. But for me as the receiver, now I have a problem because, sure, I can play it right now during our recording because it's perfect. But if you had sent me that, I'd have to find a place in the Verge's office or like get my headphones from my phone, take a minute, listen to the message, understand it, and then respond either with my voice or texting. And if you had just texted me or if anyone just texted me, it's like I can read so much faster than I can listen. Also, I can skim. Also, I can just be like, oh, boom, saw the message, like received, done. I think it's not very friendly to your friends. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, this was, I think, actually the reason we decided to do this episode is because we had heard through the rumor mill (laughs) that voice memos are really popular abroad. Yes, my friend Carrie, who's been on the show before, wrote a huge piece about voice messages abroad and how popular they are in Latin America. Yeah, so we were curious about them for that reason, though I had not really used them with the notable exception of my beautiful voice memo from Claire. I love the idea of them. I think it's so warm and friendly to have like a little voice, a little voice pop up. You're also a sap who loves the idea of like sharing 
earbuds so that you can listen to music together. So it makes sense to me that you love voice messages. Okay, we're clearly on opposite ends here, but you don't send messages very much. No, I think we're both kind of coming from a place of curiosity and not expertise of any kind. Yeah, for sure. Like, I haven't really attempted to send voice messages. I've just always kind of been like, this is inconvenient for me, so I'm not going to send them to someone else. But always a but. My best friend, Casey loves voice messages and she Casey is the best I've only met her one time and I'm obsessed with her she's obsessed with you she's so cool yeah Casey's truly an angel sent from heaven and I very sincerely mean that so I interviewed Casey she is my one and only friend pretty much from high school and someone I love dearly I'm Casey I'm Ashley's best friend she's not much of a tech freak I'm pretty sure she calls her phones do not disturb feature good night mode um, so finding her voice messages in iMessage was honestly a divine miracle it was probably by accident I did send someone like a weird muffly voice memo you know and they were like did you just was that a ghost or was that you but yeah and ever since then I'm avoiding texting and so it was a great discovery Casey lives in LA, so she's driving around a lot, and using voice text instead of calls or regular texts lets her keep her eyes on the road, which is important for her safety. If I'm not in class and I'm in transit, like if I'm driving or if I'm walking to class, like I only do voice memo because like I can walk and and look at where I'm walking and not like run into someone or like fall. She sees them as a phone call substitute. It's like making a phone call and texting someone at the same time. So to me, it's like a no-brainer. So a thing about Casey is that she never responds to texts in a timely manner. She knows this. She knows she's a terrible texter. And anything that makes it easier for her to send a message is cool with both her and me. Unless something elicits an immediate response, I might not text back for a day or two, especially if I'm driving all the time and I get home and all I want to do is like make dinner and be to myself and like not constantly thinking about communicating. But that's why we're so good is because you acknowledge that that's not my strong suit, but I can definitely send a voice memo. That's like easy for me and that does not annoy me at all. The funniest thing about this entire situation is that Casey is legitimately on the cutting edge here. People think she's discovered some crazy new hack and is the tech whisperer. Some of my friends who have never done it before, and I'd say like my older friends, and they are more like, I'm going to try to send one back to you because you just sent me one. And they think it's really like weird and technologically advanced, which is hilarious because it's definitely not. And just for the record, she hasn't sent any memos to her boyfriend, Micah, but she has sent them to our mutual best friend, b She and I just send each other voice memos back and forth because we're both constantly in school studying or, you know, in transit. But yeah, not really to Micah. I think because I see him every day that like, I'll just call him. Like, I don't feel bad about annoying him and calling him. Whereas with other friends, I'll just send them voice memos and they can listen at their leisure. It's hard for me to listen to Casey's messages sometimes because I'm in an office all the time and I can't live that carefree LA lifestyle like Casey. And she knows that her texts aren't really accommodating. I guess it is kind of selfish because I'm on the go. I can have my headphones in like all the time. And I'm not going to acknowledge everyone having normal jobs where they can't listen to their text messages or listen to voicemails during work or during meetings or whatever. All of Casey's voice message sending goes back to the fact that she hates texting and struggles with it. I think it's for me the act of texting, like moving my fingers in that way, like having to look and like autocorrect and when it keeps saying the wrong thing that I'm not trying to say. 
you know, I, it's just the frustration. So maybe I, I need to take more CBD tincture in the morning so I can chill and text with less anxiety. Casey, you know, she's not changing her ways. Everyone seems to be impressed with her and her voice message skills. And you know what? I'm happy that she is able to stay safe on the road. I would prefer her to stay alive and not text me. It's for the best. I mean, to be fair, Casey is charming enough that I feel like she could get away with almost any form of communication. She could mail me like serial killer cut up magazine letters and I'd be like, oh, how nice and thoughtful. (laughs) It's very true. Like I give anyone else who doesn't text me back. I'm like, wow, this person is so mean and I dislike them. And then when Casey doesn't, I'm like... That's just how she is. <laughs> She's just out there experiencing yeah. the world. Yeah, that's how she shows her love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of showing love, I spoke to the Verge's AI and robotics reporter, James Vincent, who lives in London, mm. and his mom, Bridget, who lives three hours away in York. And I'd just like to say, you're in New York. I'm in Old York. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. James and his mom use voice memos to stay in touch throughout the week. You know, maybe he's got to do something difficult or something challenging and he might not actually want a conversation with his mum. But I can send a message. Oh, no, come on, it's true. And the message might not have much content to it, but the subtext is, I'm thinking about you, I hope you're okay. Bridget says she feels like this is a happy middle ground between a cold, boring text message and a super intrusive phone call. You can convey a feeling without actually having to speak to that person. You know, maybe I don't want to take on the burden of somebody else's problems that I know they they might download at that moment. Whereas if you leave a voice message, there's not that emotional charge of either rejecting a call or letting your phone go to voicemail. Plus, James says he prefers to get voice memos from his mom because she's kind of an abrupt texter. Mum, we've had a conversation about full stops before because you sometimes say something in really kind of simple declarative sentences over text with a full stop at the end. And I'm like, are you mad at me? I didn't know this code about full stops in text. Lots of people think that you're angry. And I had no idea that that was a thing. And the person attributes a meaning that is just not there. And there you are, you see. That's exactly how you can go wrong with text. Bridget also sends voice text to her granddaughter, Rose, but for different reasons. Because obviously, if I send her a message, she can't read it. But I can send her a voice message, obviously via her mother's phone, you know, and she kind of feels special and important because it's a message for her from her grandmother. She also uses them whenever she wants to speak Italian instead of English. And you can imagine what predictive text does if you try texting in Italian. I just sent a message today to somebody saying, one Natale, and it came out as bionic Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) But in Italian, you can say it. It's fine. One Natale. And she'll use them for basic logistical errand running purposes. If I send my husband off to the supermarket with a shopping list, and then I think, oh my God, I forgot to ask him to get peanut butter. I've left peanut peanut butter off the list. Now, if I ring him, he won't answer because he won't talk on the phone in public. But if he hears his phone ping, he will look at it. And it's much quicker to say to him, I forgot to put peanut butter on the list. I want you to get brand X, not brand Y. 
This is where you'll find it in the supermarket and make sure it hasn't got any added sugar in it. Now, if I put all that in a text, it would take ages. James also gets voicemails from his brother, but he says he doesn't feel quite the same way about them as he feels about the messages from his mom. It's like he's saying, I don't want to do the effort to type this out, so I'm just going to say, and then you have to listen to it. And listening to it takes more time than reading it. I'd never thought of that. I'd actually never even thought that that would be a problem. (laughs) But there's the thing, like, I don't find it a problem when you are sending voice messages because the context of which you're sending them in whereas like with will if he's sending a voice message it's usually something a bit more like transactional or like he's giving me an update like i've said you know where are you are you going to be home soon or something like that and he will say you know i'm going to be back in 40 minutes or whatever and i was like just text me Unfortunately, we did make James's mom a little self-conscious about her voice memos, which is totally on me and on the conceit of this podcast. And I truly hope she does not stop sending him considerate, sweet messages. I sent a voice message the other day. I was meeting somebody in a restaurant and I was late. And I could have just texted OMW. And I left them a voice message saying, I'm really sorry, I'm running late, the traffic is terrible. I'll be there in 10 minutes, get me a glass of white. And I just if I qualify why I'm late, where I am, and end in a sort of jokey way, it just ameliorated my tardiness. But now I'm, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, maybe the person that I sent that message to was thinking, why didn't they just put OMW? Why have I got to listen to this message? I'm sorry, Mum, I didn't want to create more problems about this, because <laughs> I think it's a good system we've got going. <laughs> I am just so happy I got to hear some British accents today. (laughs) I'm so happy, too. Oh, my God. They were so great. I feel bad that I don't send voice texts to my mom. Do you think she would like them? Yeah, probably. I mean, my mom is a terrible texter. She's like someone who texts like the word OK with a period. Classic mom text. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Okay, so these have been delightful stories with unimpeachably kind and pleasant people. But I don't know if they have totally explained to us why voice texting became popular in the first place. Yeah, and it seems like James, his mom, and Casey all have very separate reasons for using voice message. So I'm not entirely sure if there's like a way we can categorize them all. And perhaps an expert could enlighten us. Oh, everyone knew this was coming. Yeah, so we're going to talk to the CEO of a messaging app called Viber. It's really big abroad, particularly in Russia, actually, and in the Middle East and in Asia. His name is Shamel Agawa, and he is going to talk to us about why people use voice messages and also how he sort of sees this technology developing in the future. Is there a way to make voice messages better? We'll be back after the break. So we are back with Jamel Agawa. He is the CEO of Viber, a messaging app. Hello there. Hello. Maybe just to start, could you tell us a little bit about Viber? I know there are some people who aren't familiar with the app, so if you can kind of give us just an abbreviated history. Yeah, Viber has been founded um, eight years ago by a couple of guys in Israel. Grew very fast to a couple of hundred million users in three, four years. Got acquired by Rakuten, a Japanese giant of e-commerce about a billion dollar in February 2014. Uh, So now we're still part of the group Rakuten and uh, we have now uh, about a billion users registered on the platform and our um, big 
countries, big regions are all Eastern European countries, Middle East, Southeast Asia, that are our main countries. And we have a, a more challenging position in Europe, US, uh, with a lot of, of course, immigrants from the countries where we are very strong. We're one of the very global messaging platform in the world. Are most of your users on Android or iOS? It's about 75% Android, 25% iOS. Okay, interesting. And can you say what percentage are in the U.S., just for context? 5% maybe, some 5 to 7%. Okay. Yeah, so today we are talking about voice messages. And I think right off the bat, we're just curious, why do people use voice messages? Do you know? Well, there are a bunch of reasons, but uh, the first reason is... Uh probably because of the speed. Most of the people just talk faster than they type on a keyboard. And we all know that speed is a, is a very important topic. Well, the other reason that we can see in some specific countries is probably also the low literacy skills or maybe just the fear to get caught into some spelling mistakes. So people prefer to talk than to send a message with a lot of uh, spelling mistakes. And also because it's convenient for some specific situation or, or people uh, because it frees up the hands. So you can still send a message while you're doing something else, like something else like a painting or, or typing on another bigger keyboard, for example, while you're at work, for example. So, uh, so uh, there are a bunch of reasons, but we saw this, uh, this type of messages growing very fast the last two years. Do you have like rough numbers on like how often people are using voice messages on on Viber, like as opposed to texting? Texting is still the vast majority of the, the messages that we send in our, on, on our platform. That's obvious. But it's uh, but voice messages have been growing very fast, especially the last two years. This year, for example, we saw the voice messages growing more than 50%. And it's a bit surprising, a bit surprising to us because it was pretty stable uh, three, four years ago. And it started to grow uh, two years ago and this year dramatically. And there are probably some couple of reasons as well that explain that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's recent. Yeah, what what are those reasons you think? First of all, we there is clearly a boom of the all the home assistant that has started to first of all the technology to vo of voice recognition has m are much better now than they used to be three years ago. The boom of the home, home assistant also educates some people to talk to a device, talk to a machine to get something done, to launch a search, for example. So it's it's also it's also something that we see, and we also saw that, for example, the the youngsters are progressing faster on this kind of message than, than, than other population. So probably the reason we see a lot of uh, youngsters that are used to use the typical home assistant at home and, uh, and uh, that are, well, will prefer to use the voice message than anything else. When you say youngster, <laughs> what, is, yeah. what is a youngster? Yeah, I'm a are we youngsters? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm not sure because I don't see you very well. <laughs> don't answer it. It's okay. <laughs> but I'm sure that you are much, much, much younger than me. I'm a dinosaur. So, um, I mean, when I, when I, I, I have three young kids and uh, they are four to nine. So they are not on Viber, of course, and in, in any other platform. But the, those three kids, my three kids, when, when we imagine to play some music at home, they don't move from the couch. I mean, they just talk to their favorite assistant and call his, his or her, I don't want to offend anyone, a uh, little name to launch some music. And uh, they've been educated like that. And and we cannot imagine that our kids in five or 10 years from now will type on the small keyboard to send a message to someone because they will have spent their, their entire life talking to a machine to get switch, to, to get the door closed or to launch some music or to switch off the lights. So uh, we, we clearly see this kind of behavior. And then if we look at teenagers now, and I would say if you give you some numbers from 15 to 25, we see that this category of users is uh, uh, more excited by voice messages than than uh, other users. 
Something that I think based on no substantiated evidence and just my own recent experience watching When Harry Met Sally and being like jealous of them for having voicemails, I kind of wonder if part of the reason young people are are into voice memos is just this whole like nostalgia, like analog trend, like, oh my God, wouldn't it be so cool and romantic to have like little voice notes or whatever? Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you have any insight into that. That's just something that I suspect. Yeah. I mean, I mean what what I think is text is a, the, the major problem of text messages is the lack of emotion sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why, for example, for years, emojis or stickers or GIF have been so so popular on Viber platform, for example. We have a huge amount of uh, users that are sending stickers and GIF on our platform. And voice remains the best way to send emotions uh, to your friends or family. So the fact that the combined fact that the technology is now much better, and then when you talk to a machine, the machine understands much better than, uh, the, the, than in the past. And the fact that it's still the best way to send your emotion away it's probably one of the reasons. I mean, clearly. So, so maybe maybe it's not romantic enough to to use the same words that you use. But, <laughs> but yes, I mean, uh, I think it's better to say I love you than <laughs> than to just uh, write the three words. I'm going to assume you don't listen to the contents of people's voice messages, but do you have any sense of like situations in which a voice message would be used over a text? Like, is there actually the more emotional type messages being sent over voice versus the logistical meet me here at five? I have no clue to answer this question for a simple reason. Um, at Viber, all our messages, all our calls are end-to-end encrypted, which means that we don't have access to the content. So it's a very big difference compared to other blue apps that you can imagine. It's uh, it's uh, we don't listen to the calls. We don't look at the, the messages. We don't listen to the voice messages. We just can't do it. We just have the keys. We don't have the keys to read into that. So I have no idea about that. <laughs> uh, what we see is uh, we saw a, um, a higher demand for longer messages. So that's the reason why, for example, uh, we recently extended the maximum length of a voice message. And it was a surprise for me, the dinosaur, because I was thinking that a short message is uh, always better than a long one. But um, we extended the maximum length to 15 minutes and we saw immediately a huge usage of this function. So it seems that uh, a lot of users like to tell stories or or, 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 or declare their flame in a, in, a, in a very long and romantic way. I don't know, but, uh, but it's all, it's all a hypothesis because we don't have access to the content of those messages. So people are actually taking advantage of 15 minutes worth of a voice message. I know. It's a surprise. It was a surprise to me, to be very honest. When my VP product came to me and told me we want to do that, I don't don't see the point. And uh, he had had a hard time to convince me. And uh, he showed me some numbers. He showed me some uh, focus group that we did with some users. And uh, we saw that, um, yes, uh, we we even, to to make it more convenient, we even created a button, which is a lock button. Because as you know, when you... Saying a voice message, voice message, you have to push a button and keep it pushed while you're recording. Uh, so we decided to lock this button, to allow the possibility to lock this button, because for 15 minutes, it can be a little bit long to press on a screen. So to make it more convenient. And yes, we have uh, an increasing usage of long voice messages. Oh, my God. What are they doing? Like reenacting entire episodes of sitcoms to each other or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is wild. Um, okay, so that's like, I think, one example of what we were going to talk about, like how the tech is changing. But how else are you guys evolving like the voice product and what are some of the technical challenges there? So I think it's a, it's a long journey and then, uh, and we are, we are in this journey and it's a step-by-step approach. So as I said, first first step was to increase the length of the message. Second is to make it more convenient to send. 
Next one very soon will be to combine it better with the call services. Our users are big callers. We have, uh, when we look at the numbers of our competitors, uh, we have more calls than, than they have. Uh, so we want to just make it seem much simpler when for an un unanswered call to leave a voice message if the call is not answered. The next generation, probably next year, will be to offer transcription because if the quickest way to send a message is to talk, the quickest way to receive a message is clearly to read. So uh, to offer the ability to send a voice message and to transcript it into text will be extremely useful uh, for our users. We probably will roll that out country by country because the technologies of transcription are not the same quality in every country. Uh, so progressively we'll do that. And my ultimate dream, especially for someone like me, I'm French and I have to fight with my broken English sometimes to make me understood, will be to combine our existing translation feature. It's already live on Viber for all our platform. We can translate, you can translate a message that you receive in French into English or, or whatever to combine transcription with translation. And then we will get to the point where somebody will be able to talk his native language to send a message. And this message will be received in another language in text in the native language of the other, the other person if it's different. So maybe uh, next time I'll do this podcast, I'll just speak in French. <laughs> and your auditors will, will, will read, read the script in English and uh, they won't have to fight with my broken English. <laughs> your English is great. Thank you. you. We kind of mentioned this, but talking a little bit about why, if you know why, specific parts of the world are more interested in voice messages versus like in the U.S. it really seems like it's just not popular here or at least it hasn't been in the past and it maybe is gaining popularity. But if you have any insight onto like maybe cultural differences or something like that about why voice messages are popular abroad. We, we see some differences. That's true. I'm not sure I can explain them completely today. But one of the um, one of the answers that I that we think is true is the, the literacy level. I mean, the, the, the average level of literacy of, of, of the population in general. It's true that in some countries, we, we, have, we are, for example, very strong in some countries like uh, Myanmar, and, and uh, we see a lot of voice messaging in this country, probably related to the fact that people are not comfortable to write um, in some cases, especially in the countries where Viber is used not only for personal and light conversation, but also for very official type of conversation, because we are very strong over there, so we can have discussions on, on, on Viber about your job or about things that you, you don't want to be seen as weak in some uh, spelling situation, for example. Some other reason are also that some devices themselves are very difficult to handle for some uh, languages because of the alphabet of those languages. And, and then sometimes the, the device that the users have in those countries are not iOS, but can be uh, cheaper uh, Android phones. And, uh, and those phones may have some weakness in terms of the way they present the, the, the keyboard in the current language, in the local language, sorry. So it also explains some difficulties. So this is one of the reasons we see. The rest is really, um, is really more about um, early adopters or not. So what we see, what the other trend that we see is that when, when a user start to use voice messages, it doesn't stop and it, it does increase. It's just like you have a cliff and then once you once you get there once once you have you've taken this habit to to talk you really like it and and you go on more and more and more it's, it's true it's not very popular in the u.s but I, I am in a very very specific situation i'm actually the the wife of my very good friend is um, super addict to the to the voice messages and she's doing a voice recognition she's not doing voice messages she's doing she's using a voice to write a text and she loves it and she's the only person who receives texts that are 20 lines 
<laughs> so just talk, just just talk to the phone like this, boom, and then and then and then send the text after that. So uh, so it's coming, uh, and I think it's uh, it's just something that was not in our habit, but that will be pushed more and more and more by the fact that the technologies are there and that the voice recognition is really good in most of the languages, not all, but in some of the, some of the languages, and it's faster. And so so that's the reason why we strongly believe it's going to grow because it's just faster to to send a message this way. <laughs> Do you send voice messages ever? Um, not a lot, to be very honest, but some, yeah. For, to be very frank, as I said, first time I, people that came to me, I was not convinced, and then I started to, to decided to try to use it, and it's actually very convenient, and, uh, especially with the lock button, which allows you to do a lot of stuff. So I, I've started, yes, but I was not a... I was not convinced at all at the beginning. But, you know, I'm just a dinosaur, so. <laughs> I'm going to start using exclusively voice memos. Stunt journalism. <laughs> okay. Caitlin, Caitlin's going to use voice messages forever. Nobody texts me. <laughs> Rihanna doesn't like texts. Why should I like texts? Fair enough. Great. That was extremely enlightening. I am terrified of voice assistants, so I am not comforted totally by this theory that voice texting traces back to like the rise of Alexa and Siri and what have you. Yeah. You know, he's the CEO, so okay. But I didn't really buy that. Like, I do think, yes, people are now more comfortable using their voices and like talking to objects, but I don't necessarily see that as like the catalyst for voice messages. I wonder if also part of it could be that people are more privacy conscious than they have been previously because, you know, you're not supposed to put things in writing. Mm -hmm. Don't put stuff in writing. Viber's biggest market in Russia. I mean, I read that Viber is probably going to become illegal there because of its privacy protections. Like that's the reason people use end-to-end encryption on apps is like specifically for privacy. And Russia's like, nah. And Russia's like, we want to hear those voice messages. <laughs> we want to hear what James and his mom are saying. No. <laughs> what if it's crucially important? Yeah. And we didn't get into this, but obviously WhatsApp is now under the umbrella of Facebook, so mm-hmm. its privacy features are probably on the chopping block. Yeah, I think what Jamel did say that was really interesting was kind of this idea of like the backlash against screen time and just like people don't want to stare at a screen as much anymore. And like Mm -hmm. that to me definitely seems like potentially really why this is happening. Like at least talking to Casey and then even, you know, with James's situation, it's just easier to fire off a voice message. I mean, his mom didn't say this, but I can speak for my parents where they have a hard time texting because they have to wear reading glasses and Mm -hmm. like their font is huge. But they're still like, this is difficult. Like, I am typing on a tiny screen and I have bad eyesight. So the idea that you can just lift up your phone, say what you need to say and get it out there. Okay, I can make I see why that makes sense. I mean, yeah, for sure. Outside of, as an adult, I have started to truly resent texting. Like, outside of flirting, there's almost no reason for texting to exist. It takes so long. I would, I honestly wish everyone would would go back to email. I would rather email you if I have something to say. Wow. I mean, this is why we hang out in Gchat and Slack all day. We are never not in contact. We are bad examples for this episode. (laughs) But most of the time, like texting friends to hear about their lives, it's just like, oh God, what a chore. Yeah, I'm a phone call person. So you would think maybe I would get into voice messages because I fully am a phone call person. But you're also a cybersecurity person. So wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to get rid of all of your texts and just do voice blurps? You know I commit no secrets to writing. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm curious. Are you going to adopt this technology? Well, what Jamal said that I was like, okay, I could get on board is if Viber and then other apps, I doubt Apple will do this anytime soon, but 
who knows, if they could do live transcription of voice recordings. Because then everyone leaves happy. You have the convenience of sending. The receiver has the convenience of reading. We're all just one big happy voice message family. But then your secrets are committed to text. Truth. Mm. All your secrets are committed to text by me anyway because I can't keep secrets. (laughs) That is also true. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess the reality is just like you should not send secrets ever. Tell secrets in person. Oh, man. Talk trash in person. Or put them on handwritten notes and then burn them. Yes. Sneak them in through pen caps. That's, <laughs> what? That's what we used to do in middle school. Oh, my God. So Yeah, clever. we had like a serious note passing operation. Yeah, I we used to like roll so it up much, and put writing in pens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are wrapping up this episode. Hope you enjoyed. As always, you can email us at button at com. You can follow Caitlin on Twitter at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashley R. Carmen. And as always, thank you to Andrew Marino, Bridget Armstrong, and Zach Mack, who make this podcast sound good and cut out Caitlin and my terrible tangents. I feel that they are usually left in. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) All right. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.